0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee and to the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, September ninth, is the feast of Saint Peter Claver. Although the Sunday liturgy trumps him as far as the ranking of the feasts, indeed, the fact that he falls today and in conjunction with the readings that we just heard, he is a wonderful opportunity for us to pause and to listen to the ways in which God works and continues to sustain us and encourage us by virtue of the lives of his saints. St. Saint Peter was born in Spain, was ordained in the year 1616, a Jesuit priest who desired to serve the poorest of the poor. And so he went to Colombia. There, he found his poor. He found them in the forms of the slaves who were being brought from Africa, as the slave trade was indeed still in full swing. There, he encountered thousands upon thousands who had been abused and neglected and were greatly in need of physical things, but also of spiritual things and the consolation of the Spirit. He wrote down his records, recording exactly what would take place as he would go through his ministry in various accounts. And in his person, we see a man who is passionately in love with Jesus Christ. And on account of that, passionately in love with people. He knew when the boats would be coming in and he would gather with a companion at his side and a translator, if they knew the language that was to be spoken, in sacks full of as much as they could gather, of food, of water, of wine to wash wounds, of various, you know, aromatic fragrances to be able to basically make things as nice and as pleasant as they possibly could in a moment of difficulty. They would gather all of these things as much as they could to be able to help the people who were on the boats. And as soon as it would hit the docks, Peter and his companion would rush onto the boat. And they would fly immediately to the slaves. There they looked for those who were the most ill, who were the most in need. And it was a difficult thing that they faced. The recognition was that the people on these boats, the slaves who were coming had no idea what really to expect. They had been brought across the ocean, naked, cold, neglected, in darkness, with nothing else to cling to other than the hope that something might be positive on the other side. But more often than not, as they sat on the boat, they were convinced only of one reality, that when they got to the place that was at the end of their journey, They would be killed. They didn't expect that they would be used for labor. They anticipated that they were going to a foreign nation to be sacrificed and eaten by cannibals. This was their entire mindset on the whole journey over. And so St. Peter, recognizing this and knowing this, he knew that whatever he would say as he got on the boat wasn't of as much importance as what he actually did. In his journal of his accounts, he says, This is how we spoke to them, not with words, but with our hands and actions. Any other language would have proved utterly useless. And so, as they climbed on the boat, they would give food and drink. They would wash wounds. They would anoint those who could be anointed. They would do anything and everything they possibly could. And they did it with a smile with gentleness of touch, with kind gestures, as a way of saying, if there is no one else to care for you, I care for you. It was to show them that he loved them. And it wasn't just a mere external sign, a nice facade. It was true. He risked his life on this, to be able to go and to provide for those who were most in need. Ultimately, he would help to be able to get them off the boats and to basically bring them to his own makeshift hospital where he could care for them and get them to good health. All of this was a concern for them to be able to bring them peace. In the midst of it all, many would desire to know more about him and more about why he did the things that he did. And then he would begin to preach. He would begin to talk about Jesus He would give them a little miniature catechism lesson from time to time. His focus wasn't just simply on the slaves, though, it was also on the masters who claimed them. He recognized that he had an ability to be able to speak to them as a fellow Spaniard often, to encourage them to respect the human dignity of everyone, not to abuse them, to honor them, to be as just as they could. And even to give them off of work on Sundays, so that they might be able to spend time in community and at church. What happened in the course of St. Peter's ministry is that thousands were touched by his hands. Literally. At the end of his life, they went through his journals and counted up the number of people that he had baptized. Most of them He also worked to heal, to bring to good health, to catechize, to teach, and most especially to love. Pulling all the numbers together, they realized that it was over 300,000 people that he had touched by his own hand because of his love for Christ and Christ's love for him. It's important for us to recognize that reality and to know that, indeed, it tells us much about Christ himself. In our first reading today, we hear about the things that would be expected when the Messiah came, that the blind would see, the deaf would hear, the mute would speak, and the lame would walk. And it wasn't that they would be restored back to their normal state. Indeed, it speaks of how the mute would sing and the lame would dance. It was above and beyond just a normal restoration. It was an even greater restoration that was given to them. And these were the signs of the Messiah. And as we hear the gospel, we recognize that the signs of the Messiah are the things that happen in Jesus' ministry. For us, this is not new, but for those who were there in, the, in that present day, this was shocking to them. To see that it was actually taking place, that, that after all of our waiting, all of our anticipation, how many had died waiting and hoping for the day the Messiah would come, and here he is before us. And the ways in which you would touch people, the ways in which you would heal them, for us, seem a little bit odd. You know, none of us thinks anything whenever we go to the doctor and they check our ears with their little microscopes and whatever. I don't know what the technical terms for them are, nurses and doctors, and you all do. They check our ears, and they check our hearts, and they check all these other things. They'll put the tongue depressor in our tongue and check our throats and all this kind of stuff. But it would be a little bit odd for us if we walked into the doctor and they kind of stuck their finger in our ear and kind of started wiggling around or spat and then used that to be able to touch our tongue. We'd be kind of freaked out. But for Jesus, this was normal. This was a a normal thing. I mean, if anyone's going to use their spit to heal me, I would prefer it be Jesus himself. But, you know... It seems odd for us, but the the thing that's important for us to recognize, even despite the, the kind of odd nature of the healings that we hear about from our Lord, is the fact that He actually does things in a physical manner. Jesus is God, He has all authority and power to be able to say something and have it happen. That's why He can say, Your sins are forgiven. And they are. Or rise and walk. And they can. But more often than not, what we see in the scriptures is not a command from the voice of Jesus, but as a touch from his hands. Jesus could have easily taken the man aside and simply looked at him and said, be healed. And everything would have worked. He could have done that, and yet he didn't. He laid hands on him. He touched him. He embraced him the physical touch that oftentimes we as human people need, the experience of charity, not just the sound of it. And this is what Christ does over and over and over again, is he comes and he lays hands on us. He touches us and it hasn't ceased. The fact that we come every single Sunday and are able to receive Holy Communion is to realize that Jesus comes and he touches us with his very flesh once again. Just as he touches people so many centuries ago. So too Jesus reaches out to touch us, to heal us. It would be easy for us to come and to sit in the pews and for the priest to pronounce from on high, you're in communion with God. And it could happen because God could do it, but he doesn't. He gives us his flesh. He comes to touch us. We might be able to experience his touch. To know that his charity is not just words, but indeed it is actions. Actions that has been poured out for himself on the cross. And as the Lord comes to touch us, he bids us to remember the model of St. Peter and so many of the other saints, and to be able to go forth and to touch others with that same healing power. Now certainly, thankfully, we don't experience people in the same dire conditions as St. Peter Claver did. But we do experience people who are in need of healing, who are in need of the grace of Christ. We experience regularly Individuals who may be homeless or suffering from poverty. Individuals who are sick or suffering. Brothers and sisters who may be mourning or in great despair. Clinging, looking, hoping for some sort of consolation or peace. Certainly we encounter many who are bound still in chains, not of physical bondage, but of chains of fear, of anxiety, of addictions, of illnesses things that coop up the person within themselves, unable to be free to live the life they desire. And to every one of these, you and I can be Peter Claver, and you and I can be Christ. To go to them with haste, just like our Blessed Mother went in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth, so too when we hear of one or see one in need, to go in haste, is to imitate Christ. To love them not just with words but with deeds is to imitate Christ. To embrace them and to love them. To smile upon them. To express gentleness and concern is to imitate Christ. And how blessed are we when we do this. That as we go and we simply share with another person Unite ourselves to them in their sufferings, and their difficulties, and their sorrows. To the extent that we're able to unite ourselves, even to the smallest bit with them, is to be with them. And ultimately, to be Christ with them, and to experience Christ in them for ourselves. <laughs> If we allow ourselves to do these things, if we allow ourselves to go forth and to be able to bring the healing touch to another person that we may not even know how, we may not even think that we can, to show the charity of Christ is to give the charity of Christ. And the charity of Christ has great power to heal more than we oftentimes think. And if we let it flow forth from us, from our hearts, from our faces, from our hands, we may be amazed at what exactly takes place before us. That we'll be able to recognize that the healing power of Christ is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago, but that it continues to happen today. And scandalously, it happens through us. Thanks be to God. So we ask the Lord Jesus to be with us this week, and we ask that the intercessionist, St. Peter Claver, That anywhere we might find one who is in need, whether poor, both in body or in spirit, that we might be able to hasten to them. That experiencing the love of Christ here and now, we might be able to go forth and to share it with them. To bring consolation and peace. To bring his healing and his mercy.